take five, ten. Then when you told me to take over you and all, you said I could I could handle it any way I saw fit, and that's the way I see. Yeah. It seems you're not about making deals on the hospital Daddy steps. Daddy is sick upstairs, sick because of you. You're just moving too fast, boy. He's scheduled for open heart surgery this morning. If anything happens to Daddy, I'm going to be by your side 24 hours a day. You're hiding something, Jr., and I'm going to find out what it is. You're clamping, Mike. VTAC. Hello once again and welcome to Why Shot JR, your weekly podcast about the TV show Dallas. The big D. I am your host, Joshua Bush. Alongside me is my lovely wife and co-host, Leanna Bush. Say hi. Hello. And this is the first podcast of uh, 2021 to talk about the TV show. We are back into the groove here. Hope you all enjoyed our epic year yeah our three three and a half hour total breakdown of the year that was uh pitted against 1978 and you are just not beating 2020 no matter how hard you try but 2021 is uh off to a hell of a start ain't Uh, that the truth might be in the running um so yeah we recorded that uh podcast doing our year in review the day before the riot at the Capitol. So uh, <clears throat> we have not mentioned that yet in a podcast. I don't know. Maybe we can say a couple of words. I really don't know what to say about it necessarily other than it was horrible. Um, yeah, it's probably the first time since we've had kids that were kind of old enough to pick up things on TV about world events and stuff that something so tragic has happened. I mean, and trying to protect them and shield them, I guess, from hearing stuff that would be really scary. And our oldest in fifth grade is studying um, all sorts of things that really jive hand uh, in hand. He's studying the American Revolution, on. and there are parallels. Yeah. Uh, you know, we tend to get a real whitewashed version of the revolutionary period, but uh, the folks in Boston were pretty agitated and there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff that was <laughs> uh, not pleasant. Right. Even before a revolution broke out proper. Um, so yeah, which uh, brought to mind uh, America's history uh, watching the events unfold. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, so, January 6th. We're, so anyway, we're all in this together, fam. Uh, So, yeah, we'll see how that all shakes out uh, here in a couple of weeks with uh, Inauguration Day. Hopefully we make it without too much more uh, bad stuff happening, but uh, you never know. Cause, uh, yeah, there's plans I've so, heard anyway. for three days prior to the inauguration for there to be some organized events at state capitals all across the country and yeah i've heard that i have to say i'm glad that we don't live near a state capital all right but we are here to talk about dallas uh and we are still in 1978 with dallas and today we're going to cover the show called bypass which aired october 13th 1978 so we're still in the fall of 78 we're still uh early on in season two and season uh, two episode three where we are uh is it three or is it four i think it might be four because uh, we had the two-parter it is yeah four so uh episode four uh from season two uh this is the one where jacques uh gets a heart attack and recovers in a matter of 48 minutes so um pretty pretty remarkable yeah he's a quick healer jacques so uh before we get there uh just a couple of our traditional housekeeping things um on this week we are still stuck in exile kiss you all overland as far as mm. number one on the billboard top 100 uh, again one of my least favorite songs ever and uh we mentioned uh, way way back early december our last why shot jr podcast proper 
uh, that we will probably do a top five cringe song countdown uh, on one of our Patreon only podcasts. So I think we're going to plan that for the next podcast. So if so I have homework to do, right, we've got some homework to do. And uh, so the next Patreon only episode, which will be the next one when we cover uh, season two, episode five, uh, we'll start out with our uh, cringiest top five songs of all time. So stay tuned for uh, that. Go to Patreon, sign up and it's patreon.com slash why shot JR pod, uh, $5 a month gets you all this extra content, um, that you really can't live without. So, uh, get over there and subscribe. We really do appreciate it. All right. So, uh, uh, so we got the exile kiss you all over number one song, uh, movies again, no help from, any website that I can find. <laughs> uh, but we do have some big ones coming up here in the fall. We've got Deer Hunter coming up. Uh, Superman. Deer Hunter. Superman comes up here in uh, December. So, uh, yeah, 78 ends up being a pretty good year for movies. Although over the summer, there's some real <laughs> horrible. If you look on these websites too, it's funny because uh, this is really a bygone era, but. They actually list things like um, the release date of uh, Debbie Does Dallas, which came out uh, <laughs> right around this time. <laughs> but, you know, this was like an era in which um, porn movies, some of them actually there, did some box office and they played it in normal theaters. Uh, yeah, this doesn't are, this hasn't happened in a long time. Are there even triple X theaters out there now? I've never seen one in like real life, I don't think. I mean, I guess maybe in major metro areas there might be. I, I really, I don't know. I I mean, that we live in the Bible Belt. There's I mean, you here. watch the movie Boogie Nights and they basically talk about how once um, VHS sort of took over and then right. everything was produced on video, that there was really no need to have. Well, because why would you go do that anymore? in a theater exactly. when you could do it in your own house? Um, it makes me think about... But I'm sure they're still, they still what's exist. What's that show we were watching um, about the industry? Um, oh, my goodness. The porn industry? Yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, oh The Deuce. The Deuce. Yeah, on HBO, and we never, we, we never finished it. But we yeah. need to work on that because I think it kind of, like, I think that's where the story arc was going it was does. to explain the whole. Yeah, the, it, the, the Deuce is sort of like a long uh, precursor to the events that take place in Boogie Nights. So it's like the early 70s when the porn boom is first happening and the obscenity laws are all changing, and then Boogie Nights is like, well, uh, when when the whole porn scene is changing, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're no. going to talk about uh, some really pedestrian non-porn. Really, we need something exciting <laughs> to talk about because this episode does not. Th- this deliver is a real exciting. five alarm snooze fest. Um, there was there was a lot of moving, a lot of you know whatnots and things, but at the end, it's like, and all that <sighs> was for uh, for. Uh, setting up other episodes is basically all this was. I guess. Um, yeah, so uh, they titled it Bypass. I'm just going to call it uh, Cows, Horses, and Heart Attacks. Because... Uh, <laughs> oh, my. They're not putting out a lot of effort, so I'm not going to either, as far as oh. the rename. <laughs> Cows, Horses, and Heart Attacks. See, the renaming thing, man, always stresses me out. I always feel the need to, yeah, like... Don't, don't, don't put much pressure on yourself it's really not the big of a thing put pressure okay anyway so speaking of cows horses and heart attacks this episode opens up with a lot of a, a lot, lot of cow a lot of cow shots lots a little of bit of cowboys lots of cows a lot of and creative cows from cow all angles, angles. <laughs> yeah. a lot of, uh burying the camera in the ground yep shooting uh, from the ground yeah getting the cow stampede from the below helicopter like this. <laughs> Citizen Kane cow shot. That's what it is. I just never. Citizen Kane cow shot. Well, I mean, he famously like you know they would like go down below the uh, the set and shoot up above so that everybody looked like they were nine wow. feet tall. And this exact same thing. So somebody literally had to get down and like dig a grave and In put the a camera. Cow crap. So and then you know covered up so I guess the cows wouldn't like fall into the thing and die. <laughs> Just so they could get this one three-second shot of cows running over top. Like, it's yeah. ridiculous. Why put that much effort into it? 
And then why show two and a half straight minutes of nothing but cows running around? <laughs> because from every angle possible, and Jacques and, and Ray on horses are important. And I'm telling you, you can tell that Jock is not a it's padding. It's just natural padding. Um, horse rider. That he didn't look this too comfortable. May have been the first time he was ever on a horse in his whole life. Well, but they want to make it look like he's, you know, uh, Buffalo Bill Cody. I know, there. but he looks like he's going to fall off. Yeah, it's it's a very <laughs> precarious looking. The poor guy. So when we leave the. The cows and the little bitty bit of cowboys. Um, we go straight to a ladies' social club meeting, and the club. Yo, we need what to is add, this club? Do we I, know? I don't know, but it's comprised of three Ewings and two random old ladies whose husbands don't like to dance. Two old bitchy ladies. Uh, yeah, all gathered and around. Three rich bitchy right. ladies. Right, just <laughs> just a bunch of bees. Um, and they're. Planning the social events. Uh, they're planning a, a dance. A dance for the underprivileged, <laughs> which uh, Sue Ellen has this great comment about, well, it's it's for the underprivileged, but we don't want the title of it to be too depressing. <laughs> so our sense of empathy really only stretches uh, yay far. Fundraising committee uh, met yesterday and voted to have our annual dance at the marina. They had it there last year. Yes, and it was a total success. My husband hates dances. Well, I think we should take a vote. All those in favor, raise your hands. Now, why don't we adjourn and meet back here tomorrow? We have to think of a theme for our dance that would show our concern for the underprivileged, but uh, something not too depressing. Ladies, until tomorrow. So my question is, is the dance... To invite the underprivileged people to no, attend of course or not. to raise funds <laughs> yes, for the underprivileged of course. people. This is only for the pearl clutching set <laughs> to raise funds. Well, they just didn't make that clear, I'm <laughs> The saying. poor people are not getting within a, a, a Dallas Unless to Houston mile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is strictly for the upper crust uh, of the, uh, the oil baron class in uh, Texas. Yeah. So, uh, again, real throwaway scene. Who cares? I, I, I think the only thing we're setting up with the scenes with Sue Ellen is that she still has her ambitions about taking over the Ewing family right. once, once JR ascends and basically th- kicking Pamela to the curb, which I don't really understand w- why she has that much animosity yeah, towards who her. Even cares? And then the other big thing is that we're setting up the fact that she's going to have a major drinking problem in season two. So, yeah, so that's what she makes doing. a comment that I think is worth mentioning um, just because we do episode-by-episode episode rundown to Pam about she shouldn't call Bobby at the office very often because men don't like that. <laughs> and, you know, Pam wants to look at her and be like, mm, no, only only philanderers yeah. don't like that. <laughs> JR doesn't like that because he's not going to be there because he's... um out gallivanting around right. with his various mistresses. But Pam does not heed her advice and calls anyway to talk to Bobby. Yep. In which I think we have the line of the episode Yeah, and here. it's not JR. Uh, this is one of the rare times this when is it's... a Bobby one. Yeah, Bobby's gets, Bobby gets the line of the show. You're going to play that one for us, right? Uh, yeah, I'll play it. Uh, uh, it has something to do with avocado. Oh, put her on. Hi, sweetheart. How's your meeting? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it probably takes some getting used to. Like avocados. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's the, the most random, bizarro thing to say, except it is true. That it takes some getting used to. Avocados? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like coffee. Because they're an acquired at, taste. At first, it's like eating unsalted butter. I generally don't conceptualize eating avocado as like a thing. Like Yeah. It would be like eating a lemon. Like it's got to be in something. It's got to. Yeah. It's it's got to have some partnerships. It's well, got to be doing. I've been doing something <laughs> greater than itself, right? Like Poor guacamole. <laughs> well, I've been thinking about this. So yeah. yeah, lots of thought here. Um, avocados have had a bit of a like a a renaissance lately. Like like a re like 
Avocados well, they got labeled as superfood, and so yeah, and you, you have know, avocado toast, the whole and you bake eggs inside is, uh, avocados, and you them. you know avocado, avocado, avocado. You replace mayonnaise with avocados, whatever. Right. I want to know the status of avocado. I I think they would be mainly a regional thing because I had never heard of an avocado. That's what I, yeah, I until I, was I think it's because like, they're in Texas and there's a a Tex-Mex culture there. Oh. That they even know. I don't ever remember seeing avocados to buy in a supermarket growing up yeah. in the 80s. I don't think they made their way that far north. I don't, right. Maybe they couldn't keep them. There wasn't the distribution that we have now. I mean, we've talked about this. I don't this. even remember, like, guacamole. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't remember half of the food that is available <laughs> now. I mean, we've talked about. And we ain't that old, folks. When you had a salad. You had a salad with iceberg lettuce. There were no other kinds of lettuce. Romaine, what? You didn't have yeah. romaine lettuce. You didn't have that purple stuff they put in lettuce. <laughs> it was radicchio. Yeah, radicchio, whatever. <laughs> you had like iceberg lettuce still. with some grated carrots and some tomatoes. And, and then you covered that shit in bacon and cheese. And ranch dressing. And Hidden Valley Ranch, yes. And that was a salad. That's that's <laughs> what you called salad. Yeah. Uh, we were not gourmets back in the 80s. Our food choices or were the very 90s. limited. I mean, kids. Cheese and- was Velveeta or Kraft. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> kids in the 90s, though, we grew up, I mean, on toaster strudels and Lunchables. <laughs> so there's some health food for you. Yeah, so we kind of get into the episode proper with Jr. and Bobby, and Bobby is basically having a little bit of a conniption because he wants to put on the big boy pants and get inside the secret club uh, with the uh, the meetings. Also known as Ewing Oil. The cartel meetings. I guess we're just using cartel yeah, out Yeah, they the just open. straight up call themselves the cartel. I always thought that had a, like a pejorative... Yeah. Sort of connotation to it, but I but guess not I guess for Willie Joe Gar maybe, maybe and Jeb Ames. Yeah. So, you know, Bobby wants to be in on these high level meetings with JR and the other oil independents, the independent uh the independent oil manufacturers in Texas. And uh, JR keeps putting him off saying he's not ready, but we all know it's because JR is He doesn't want to share. Well, and he's up to his eyeballs and dirty, corrupt business practices, and he doesn't want Bobby to find out about it because he knows Bobby will go back and tell Jacques, and then the whole whole game will be up. So that's what's happening. But I really wonder if it would. Like, I I feel like Jacques got some of that, too. Of course he does. Yeah. I mean, we know that. We know that he cheated, uh, what's-his-face, Digger, out of half of his uh, oil money. I don't know. I just feel like... One thing they actually did, okay, because we talked when we watched the episode, and we'll talk about it more. I wish that you could see some of the body language because the acting is not good in this episode at all. But one thing with, like, not top-tier acting, writing and directing that they did fairly well in this one is that dynamic of big brother, little brother. Like, you could almost see when he's not allowing him come into the meeting. Like, yeah, but, like, you could almost see the little brother you know, kicking rocks on his way home because Big Brother wouldn't let him play ball in the sandlot. Like, that's what it... Yeah. That's what it felt like. And and that was some good tension that they created that, that seemed fairly realistic. One of the few bright spots. Because I don't want to just hate on it. Yeah, well, of the episode. Uh, I know some other bright spots for you, but we'll get to those. And then uh, after that scene, we're introduced to a, a couple of yokels here, a couple of uh, oil oil man yahoos uh, named Jeb Ames and Willie Joe Gar, and they are basically um, sort of in it with Jr. as far as uh, the red files and all of the uh, the secret double double secret business shenanigans well could they could these two be any more like shit kicking (laughs) redneck they're a couple of goofballs yeah Uh, if you've ever seen smoking the bandit the two guys that put uh the bet of getting the uh making the beer run the texarkana um it's those it's basically those guys well they felt to me because i've 
who's that? Pat McCormick and um, the the Williams guy who wrote the uh, the Muppet song. He wrote the song for Kermit. What the hell's the song? What's the, the song? Rainbow Connection. Yes, he wrote the Rainbow Connection. He's also Paul Williams. Paul Williams and Pat McCormick in uh, Smoking the Bandit. Basically, if you imagine those two dudes uh, transposed uh, into a, a TV show, it's these guys. And the one guy playing Willie Joe Gar, uh, for those of you uh, 80s uh, film nerds, uh, he, he plays uh, the one detective, not Judge Reinhold, but the other guy who teams up with uh, Eddie Murphy in the Beverly Hills Cop movies. So... That's him. His name is John Ashton, I believe. I was going to say that they remind me of the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> that's the vibe they give me. They're cartoon characters. Yes, really. they're caricatures. Especially that car they drive. What is that thing? <laughs> they might as well be driving the General Lee. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Yeah, should be playing... Should be playing like the Dixie uh, thing when they honk the horn. It does play some goofy tune when they honk the horn. But oh, I so yeah, we get to meet these these fellas. Yeah, and um, and they're all up to no good. Yeah, and you can tell like story. every second that they have on screen in this show, they are like hee hawing and drinking and dipping snuff and and. and uh, <laughs> Berating women and, and yeah and uh, yeah people of color like they are pinch pinch the waitress on her on her butt when she walks by yeah like these are that kind of guy when you're in the uh, seventh grade they're the ones popping your bra straps yeah just just a couple of assholes um so Jr takes him out shows him a good time then we cut to next morning poor Jr's got a hangover. And uh, Sue Ellen is giving it to him. Sue, Sue Ellen is not happy about it as usual. And that I think is meant to set up the fact that Sue Ellen is starting to drink, but they don't connect those two things. So that when you see no. her day drinking later on, it's just kind of out of nowhere and it doesn't feel connected. Natural, yeah. yeah. It doesn't feel natural at I all. I feel like maybe it was more of setting up how much she hates him. I mean, they've spent a long time building that. At first, Sue Ellen's character was sympathetic, right? Like, she was in love with this man who didn't care about her, and she was, come hell or high water, she was going to make him notice her. Right. Well, over the last few episodes, she's all, forget you. You don't have to notice me. I don't need you. Right. And maybe that's part of what it was doing, but it was a really pointless scene in total. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's sort of one sort of minor plot thread is Sue Ellen uh, continuing down a dark path uh, and uh, getting into it with JR and then later uh, see her drinking. All right. So then uh, uh, we get our obligatory. Um, shot of somebody uh, taking a dip in the pool, Pamela. And by somebody, we mean Pam. Pamela. It's usually Pamela. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's Bobby, sometimes Sue Ellen, but uh, Pamela is... She's is, got the best bod Yeah, the she's, she's what you're here for as far as the cheesecake. And uh, we get a short scene with her and Bobby, and Bobby's basically saying he wants to take Ewing Oil and expand it uh, into real estate development. This always <laughs> reminded me of like Number two in the Austin Powers movie, basically saying you know, like how he's built up the uh, the evil uh, 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 empire profile, and they're they have all these diversified holdings, and like right. Doctor Evil just doesn't want to have anything to do yeah. with it, even though they're making more money doing legit business than they ever were uh, being. Uh, but you it's know, not evil <laughs> being villains. Yeah, so that's what it reminds me of is that Bobby wants to get into a lot of legit business uh real estate uh type stuff because Ewing's uh Ewing Oil has a lot of land holdings all over the state of Texas and uh JR really doesn't see any future in it and uh, wants to keep Bobby at arm's length as much as possible. Um or does he not see future in it or does he not want Bobby to get the upper hand on it? I think JR is just about drill baby drill. Like yeah. that's I mean because what we get 
towards the back half of the episode is this setting up this idea that the matriarch patriarch Jacques and Ellie have made a deal that they're never going to drill on South Fork right. Ranch because apparently that's how, what her daddy probably wanted. Yep. That that land is never to be um, just turned into a, you know, an oil sludge field. Right. Like, you know, the rest of Texas. Um, so, you know, and he didn't want that. And so she has impressed upon Jacques that that never happened. But apparently there's a secret will or something. Yeah. I'm not sure. That JR has that says that uh, when Jacques dies... JR then has the rights to do whatever he to wants. To drill wherever he wants yeah. to. And then the, another thing that got set up in this is Pam. Um, she starts talking to Bobby a little bit about the possibility of her going to work. Yeah, uh, which is another plot thread that will be developed. Right. Um, I think she becomes a buyer or something. She works in a department store. Yeah. Doing something frivolous and inconsequential. Yeah. Right, but... (laughs) That you do when you have too much money. Exactly. And too much time on your hands. Uh, So, um, poor JR, hungover, out by the pool. Pam and Bobby have already had their little moment. Yep. And Jock comes out there because Bobby, after he approached JR and did not get the answer he wanted about starting the whole land development thing, he takes that to Jock to see if Jock will back him up and say, yeah... Let's look into this. Right. And in that conversation with Jock, he also tells Daddy that JR isn't playing nice at the office. Yeah. And so Jock comes storming out of the house when he sees um, JR making his hangover cocktail with raw Uh, egg and tomato juice. It's in a lot of Tabasco and a lot of Worcestershire. It's basically a Bloody Mary. I think it's a, a derivation called a Red Eye, which uh, I only know because I've seen the movie Cocktail. You know how to make a Red Eye, Mr. What's your name? Brian Flanagan. No, I'm sorry. I haven't had the pleasures yet. What about a vodka martini with a perno float? I'm a fast learner. To throw a 400-pound psychopath out of a bar? Guess I could if I had to. What about a hundred-pound ballerina that's been speeding for three days? Just open the door and let her pirouette out in the street? Well, these are just some of the tasks you'll be asked to perform, young Fanny. This is the Upper East Side, the saloon capital of the world, big time. Are you ready for the big time, young Mr. Flanagan? I think I can handle it. You've seen all the movies. From the 80s. And uh, if you've ever seen that uh, particular Tom Cruise joint, the old bartender in that at one point makes a red eye and he puts a raw egg in it and he says it's the best cure for a hangover. So apparently, JR also watched that movie. So apparently, yeah, that was a thing. And Jock comes storming out of the house, chastising him for being mean to his little brother. And then. JR has not turned to face his daddy yet. Nope. He's just given him what for. And in the background, you see Jock dramatically clutching his chest and the slowest ever collapse onto the ground where we later find out, according to the doctor, he suffered a coronary insufficiency. A coronary insufficiency. Uh, I did not know that was a technical term for a heart attack. Uh, so we are, we're learning and growing. That's right. <laughs> I mean, after this... That that is made up. That is a made-up term. I I don't care what you say. There's not anything ever. I'm searching it right now. There is no medical term for it. I'm Googling it. It is a coronary insufficiency. That is BS. I'm calling BS. Um, Well, sorry. But PubMed (laughs) says something different. Coronary insufficiency is a pathophysiologic state that can initiate lethal cardiac arrhythmias in the absence of myocardial necrosis. Whatever. He had a heart attack. (laughs) And why we can't just say heart attack and that he has a blockage because he ends up getting a bypass. Hence the title of the show bypass 
Right. Well, according to uh, uh, the writers, Ahmed. the writers were a little full of themselves. <laughs> yeah, they were just trying on some big words. It must have been Library Day. <laughs> I had the open thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been Library Day <laughs> when the little library van came to the set, and they all got to go pick out a book. Yes. <laughs> Somebody got the Somebody medical. Somebody got book. a thesaurus. Um, but in all honesty, a heart attack is a symptom of coronary. Oh, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, had a very, very dramatic heart attack. He did. But had open heart surgery. Uh, and God bless him. He's okay. He's all right. Uh, one one thing about the actual heart attack scene itself, Jr. picks up the phone and calls. Doesn't call nine one one. Calls the operator. Calls the operator. Uh, so I, I, I'd like to know when nine one one was first created. Well, it was an area by area thing. Because right. I, I remember yeah. when we, it we didn't have we it when I was it. a kid. We, uh, we had I was like a, a teenager when we. Got I remember it. the. I mean, I don't remember the actual number, but I remember there was a number that you had to call if there was an emergency, and it was like taped on our refrigerator. Yep, I and was it was not nine one one. We had phone numbers taped on the refrigerator. 911 came in when I was like my later teenage years. So, yeah, so way up in the 90s then. Yeah. Yeah. Late 90s, right. mid to late 90s. Yeah. Um so I have no idea, but yeah, definitely didn't call 911 and then and I think there were separate numbers. There was like the pol- if it was a police emergency, yeah. ambulance yes, or, or like a uh, poison. Poison control. Yeah, yeah, if you had a poison thing. But yeah, it was a lot harder when we were kids. You had to know what kind of emergency it was and everything. Yeah. And pick the right number. So, you know, it's interesting little But everybody bit. runs to the ER. And another funny thing with that, Bobby had gone to Houston. Yep. To kind of see a buddy to talk about this potential land development thing. Yep. And um, Pam is trying to reach him to tell him his daddy is sick. And what does she have to do? She uses a payphone. Yeah, she has got to use calls information. Yep. That's right. To try to track him down. And things like that are always funny to me because how different in truly such a short period of time yeah, I mean, things are. The the analog digital divide is just a Grand Canyon sized chasm. How we used to live and how we live now and yep. what we have access to and the technology available. Well, and just to give you something to enjoy in this pointless episode, Pam arrived at the hospital Without a bra. Uh, she must have been in a None of the rush. younger females are wearing bras yeah. this episode. No Lucy bra. No Pam bra. No. No. It's a braless world. Yeah. They were women's lib. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're still in the, the height of trying to get the ERA amendment passed. And uh, women are letting it all <laughs> hang out. And so... So, uh, one thing I wanted to mention here, yeah. while everybody gets the news, uh, we get another meeting of this uh, Daughters of the Confederacy or whatever the hell this, right. this uh, group Daughters is uh, that Sue Ellen is uh, the head of. And uh, so, they're going to call the dance for the underprivileged <clears throat> that are not getting anywhere near the dance, the Pioneers, which, okay, sure, the Pioneers. And then she says, <laughs> she says that uh, they're going to need committees. Then. The theme for our dance this year will be the pioneers. It was nice of you to agree, Mrs. Slater. Yeah. We will need uh, committees for centerpieces, mm-hmm. punch, mm-hmm. hors d'oeuvres, mm-hmm. uh, and whatever else that we might need. It would be lovely. Yes, Lucy, what is it? Or centerpieces, punch, <laughs> and hors d'oeuvres. Now, Separate committees for each is of that, those? Is that three committees or could we all roll all of those into one committee? Because, you know, I mean, punch by itself, there's a, there's a lot of ins and outs and what have yous with punch. So yeah. that just might have to be it makes its me, own committee. It makes me think about our wedding. <laughs> so we didn't have an open bar, but we bought, we were super classy. So we bought like a whole bunch of beer, cases of beer. And then we had wine. Yep. Didn't we? Yeah, we had wine. Yep. And then we had these punt. I found these punch recipes, and this was a million years ago. Like, there was no Pinterest. There was no, like, yeah. I just had to, like, go look in a recipe book and find some alcoholic punch recipes. And my cousin and his wife, shout out to John and Cher. Hope you are listening. Um, They were supposed to make the punch 
but they didn't follow the recipe. They literally just made like college frat house hooch. Jungle they juice. poured all the crap <laughs> into well, them. And that's how everybody. <laughs> so clearly we should have had a punch committee. You need some oversight here. And when that's it comes why to party everyone planning. at our wedding got really drunk. <laughs> I mean, okay, so this reminds me what Sue Ellen says here of exactly what What's Her Face would say on The Office planning the Christmas party. <laughs> Phyllis, I need you to pick up green streamers at lunch. I thought you said green was whorish. No, orange is whorish. So, uh, and then we get uh, another thing here after everybody learns about Jacques and they're all falling to pieces. Uh, one of the more horribly acted scenes between Lucy and Ray, where Lucy comes out to the barn uh, because Ray is kind of acting like a midwife to a horse. It's about ready to have a foal. And uh, she basically wants Ray to hold her because she doesn't want to get old. Yes. Because she is now afraid of <laughs> death. Hold me. Lucy. Not now. I don't want to grow old. You're a long ways from old. Well, I never thought Granddaddy was old either. Now he's dying. You ought to be thinking about your granddaddy, not yourself. I am, Ray. I am. That's why I'm here. I just need you. I I don't want to grow old. I just want to feel like I'm alive. Lucy. She comes running brawless to him. Ray, hold me. I don't want to grow old. I need you. I want to feel alive. Oh, yeah. Because that's what 16-year-olds say. That's the worst line reading right there. The, <laughs> I want to feel alive thing. <laughs> Wow. I mean, there's just yeah. bad acting littered all over this episode, but that one. Which is a little bit sad because we've had some good moments. Yeah, we've had, we've had like, great there's ones. There's some good the barbecue actors episode. in this. Anyway, so yeah. yeah. So, um, so moving on. Everybody knows about Jacques. Jacques in the hospital. He's hooked up to monitors. Uh, Can't wear a shirt. Apparently this is yeah, he's shirtless shirt- Sunday at the hospital. Uh, I guess they had not invented hospital gowns. <laughs> Uh, because he's he's yeah he's uh, showing off his uh, his quite his uh, gray rugged chest hair physique. Uh, Jacques, good, good good looking older man. Uh, is Jim Davis? <laughs> so and then uh, Bobby Bobby is basically going to sideline himself from trying to muscle in uh, with Jr. Uh, as far as the oil business and uh, take over on the ranch. So you get body up. Bobby up in the saddle, doing all the cow stuff. We get a lot more cow shots. They like to have the cowboys climb over the fences. That's a <laughs> that's something they yeah. really like to do. Uh, we get scenes of cows being branded, which, hey, if you're into that and you really want to know the uh, ins and outs of how you brand a Could cow. Could be educational. <laughs> this might be the show for you uh, because we don't just get to see one cow go through this. We, oh, we get two. We get, we get two. We get to see two cows uh, yeah, it, go through the great. branding process. I mean, but these people Pam, are thorough. She knows there's more to it. She knows Bobby's not working that ranch because he thinks it's fun. So she gets on her horse. Yeah. And rides over. Everybody gets a horse ride. And she, Pam does look a little more natural on the horse than Jock. She's very, she's, she's very comfortable. With her hair flowing yes. and everything. Yeah. She looks like a perfume commercial. <laughs> so she rides into uh, Bobby. Yeah. And she gets down off that horse and she says, Bobby, stop running away from your problems or something along those lines. Maybe you can pay, play the exact uh, clip for us. Right. News about Daddy? No. Bobby, I want to talk to you. Pamela, I got work to do. But it's important. Why didn't you go to see Jock in the hospital yesterday? Pamela, he doesn't need a crowd around him. Well, you're hardly a crowd. Is that what you came out here for, to remind me to see my Daddy? I don't need reminders, Pamela. Well, you need something. Are you afraid to see him? I've never been afraid of that man in my life. Well, what are you trying to prove working out here? He's not here. Somebody has to do it. 
Bobby, why are you laying this kind of guilt on yourself? Emma, I could have killed that man. Oh, come on, it wasn't your fault. Emma, go to the house, please. No. Bobby, nobody can help what happened. Please, he needs you now. Oh. Um, where Pam chastises him. And then this is where we need podcast with visuals because. Yeah, you gotta, you, you gotta see. Duffy you gotta see the faces. Fake cry. Yeah, the. It's, he's trying to. The quivering so hard. lip, uh, sh- uh, show of concern. He. He really is trying to squeeze out some tears. <clears throat> it's really a master class in uh, method acting. Um, that uh, the Duff Man gives, but like the like the dance for the underprivileged, we don't want to be too depressing, so we cut straight to the hospital <laughs> where all Jock's friends have arrived, and one of them's offered him a yeah, drink. they're drinking out of a flask, flask. telling inappropriate <laughs> jokes. I mean, it yeah, is with the a hospital shit nurse show. right there. Uh, I'm surprised one of them didn't spank her on the rump when she walked out. Yeah, I mean, basically, these characters are 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 Willie Joe and and the other guy thirty years into the future, <laughs> right? Jeb, yeah, it, you know, which goes to show that like all of these good old boys in Texas, they're they're all kind of the same guy. Yep. You know, they're all sort of like the Borg, like the, they have a hive mind. They all sort of act the same way. And so Bobby breaks up that party. Um, yep. By facing his fears and coming in to see his daddy. And uh and yeah. tells him he wants to run the ranch and JR or Jock is elated. So then you get a lot of the schmaltzy the the typical sappy treacly scenes of people telling each other how much they care about them and they love them and a lot of stuff with Sue Allen and Jock. You know, and and it's fine as far as it goes. Miss Ellie and Jock, you said. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Miss Ellie. I was. I always. I've got some kind of Freudian thing going on with Sue Ellen, and Miss Ellie. I always substitute one for but the Sue other. Sue Ellen gets her moment soon. Yeah, and uh, so we get all the hospital scenes, and then we're we're back on the ranch. Pamela's there, and Sue Ellen comes in. Doesn't know Pam is. In the Pam house. is in like the library, I guess. It's the room next to where you go to get drunk before dinner. Whatever that room is. Right. And yeah, so <laughs> because it's like an antechamber. Like because there's yeah. a whole sort of like, like the foyer. You gotta weave in and out through these rooms. Complicated. <laughs> so anyhow, Pam like court is rituals in of there. Versailles. <laughs> and she's um looking at her portfolio for whatever kind of very important fashion industry work she does. Super important. And um, Sue Ellen is drunk, yep. dancing alone in the foyer, and practicing descending the stairs like effing Scarlett O'Hara. Yeah. Like, she's practicing for her turn being uh, the queen of South Fork. Right? Yep. Yeah. And Pam walks out, says something a little snarky because she notices she's, what she's doing. Sue Ellen snarks back and basically tells her when I'm running this ship, you're out, but kicking you to the curb, but, but Miss Ellie has been there all along visual camera shot right here. I have the shooting up where they're, yeah, they're down on the ground floor where Pam is. Sue Ellen's like halfway up the stairs and the Miss Ellie is the Mm -hmm. balcony at the very tippy top. Right. So it, it, if, it affords an opportunity for someone to overhear what someone else is saying. Well, but it also, like, it's not by mistake that yeah. in their hierarchy, that's uh, yeah, where that's they're true. standing. Yeah. The that way they're laid Miss out. Ellie over the top. And yes. Yeah, the, the visual Sue Ellen representation trying to rise. Of, of, right, yeah. of who's at the top. Yeah, that's yeah, that's cool. Uh, and basically, Miss Ellie dresses her down and says, uh, you know, yeah. You're not as big as you think you are. And I'm I'm not going anywhere. But then as Sue Ellen saunters off still drunk <laughs> to go to bed, I guess, Miss Ellie comes down and oh, she just chuckles at Sue Ellen and JR. 
to pay him and they like laugh and smile about it. it yeah, was- it's, it's like she has amnesia or something like, <laughs> or like she has no short-term memory. Poor Barbara Bell Geddes. Um, yeah, because at one point too, she talks about how basically, uh, JR is a good person, even oh, though. Oh, yeah. And he has such great business acumen. Like, she's, she doesn't use the word acumen, but she's like talking about how, you know. But we know from other episodes that. That she knows that he's. That he's basically ran off the middle brother. That, yeah. like, JR is responsible Who for was the her favorite, shit show that is Gary's life. Like, yeah. JR is more responsible for that than probably anybody. And Miss Ellie just. Wants to let bygones be bygones and yeah, uh, pr- forgive him. Praise, praise the whole family, I guess, at so this moment strange. of crisis. Which is not really a moment of crisis because Jacques uh, goes into surgery. Uh, there's like a microsecond of a tense moment where he flatlines and then they bring him right back and then that's it. Yeah, um, then he's rolled out in he's the all wheelchair good. in his Easter suit and the whole family around him. The shot at the very yeah. end feels like it's missing from family ties or something. Like, he's he's in the wheelchair and, like, the whole the front, family and it's like is all together and smiling. It's like they're posing for a picture at Sears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or they're in a Sears catalog. <laughs> so... As we said... Nothing really happened. So, yeah, I mean, basically, this whole episode is just uh, about establishing um, JR's secret business relationships with these Which two guys. Which had already been established, so. Uh, kind of, with the Red Files and stuff. I don't, I think we had seen them briefly in another episode, but here's where they get a lot of screen time. And they do become more important characters uh, because they end up doing something really kind yeah. of horrible uh i think towards the end of season two yep involving uh, a minor character which we had talked about earlier but we're not going to spoil it for you uh if you have not watched uh dallas all the way through uh so we're setting that up and then the other thing we're setting up is uh sue ellen's kind of slow descent um her the decline into alcoholism, which is also going to be a major kind of cliffhanger thing that happens at the end of season two. So other than that, Jacques has a heart attack or whatever the hell he has. A a coronary insufficiency interruption or whatever. (laughs) We are interrupting this broadcast. Uh, He has surgery. And uh, within an hour, he's back in street clothes and uh, being wheeled out and everything's fine. And you know, at the end of the day, family is what matters. Because after all of this, they're able to pose for their Sears portrait. Uh, Yeah. I mean, so I guess there is some theme about family. But we know all these people really kind of hate each other. So you (laughs) kind of don't buy it, really. Yeah. Um. There's a lot I'm not buying in this episode. So, I don't know. I mean, we don't really do a rating system here, but uh, I would say out of a 10, 4, 4 or 5, right? I, I mean, it's around not, two and a half. I mean, it's not, it's not great. I mean. It does not make me, ooh, I want to know what happens next. No. Which is what they needed to do. Like, that's yeah. what should be happening week after week with well, the show. Well, you kind of wonder why they would do the Gary thing as a two-parter. I mean, we talked about the Gary episodes and how they the second half doesn't really add up to much that they're setting up in the first part. Right. But why wouldn't they do that with this? Like, why wouldn't they have broken yeah, this up into a two-part episode? is Jock going to make it or not? Yeah. I mean, it seems obvious. Like, the first, end of the first episode is him going to surgery. Right. And then, and then you get all of the tension building up in that second episode episode where because they don't build any tension jr like is maybe scheming to start uh the whole oil development thing on south fork because they think maybe jock isn't going to pull through and yep. then at the last moment he does and then he has to turn back against willie joe and jeb and then that causes like a rift between them like oh, there's all sorts of cool things you could do if you would have just mm-hmm. played this out as a as a 
a two-part episode. Or, you episode. know, they might have even been able to fit all of that in one episode if we eliminated some of the cow shots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of cows. Lots of cows. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's it. That's the episode. Uh, bypass, otherwise known as cows, horses, and heart attacks. Um, and... Uh, Hopefully the next episode will be better. Yeah. But. Well, if the next episode isn't better, at least our patrons are going to get to hear both of our top five most cringeworthy songs. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. Uh, please uh, be a patron if you can, if you can support this show. Again, it's only $5 a month. Uh, we are at patreon.com slash whyshotjrpod. We also now have a YouTube channel. We've put out our first video uh, on the movie Meet Me in St. Louis. It's a channel that's going to be focused more on uh, video essays about uh, films, uh, which is kind of my first passion. Um, so anyway, that's uh, also titled Why Shot JR, and supporting the Patreon supports both what we do here on the podcast and that channel itself. So we really do appreciate it if you could support us however you can. Like, subscribe, spread the word. Um, yeah. Do the social media things. So we appreciate you. So uh, until next time, uh, you all hang in there, and uh, hopefully we can get through January without uh, too much more craziness. But you never know. So uh, until then, it's not who, who shot, shot Jr. It's why shot Jr. Coming to you from the Sound Hole Studios, part. <laughs> Later. Bye.